This week on the How To Be 60 podcast, we're joined by Shelley King, who plays Yasmin Nazir in Coronation Street. And as it happens, we spoke to her on a very significant day in her life. I noticed myself being becoming quite unreasonable about things and, and I didn't like crowds and didn't want to go out. And I, I'm very pedantic and, and I like to plan things. And I just wanted a diagnosis. Just hours before we recorded the podcast, Shelley had embarked on getting a diagnosis for autism at the age of 67. So we are really grateful to her for speaking so candidly. And I'm wondering how to be 60. It's scaring the shit out of me. Welcome to the How To Be 60 podcast, looking at life beyond the big 6-0 with me, Kay Adams, and her, Karen McKenzie. <laughs> I was just going to say that I love this time of year. Do you? And what do you love about this time of year? Well, because it's light yeah. and because it just kind of makes you feel that you want to do things. Do you mean get out to the garden? Mm, no, see, this is the <laughs> thing. It makes me want to do things, but I don't know what to do. It's like the other night I was sort of standing there in the kitchen. It was half past six. It was light outside. It was a beautiful evening. I thought I need to be doing something mm-hmm. because, say. you know, when it's dark mm-hmm. at half past six, you just make the dinner and sort mm-hmm. of shuffle about the house, don't you? Close the curtains and watch the telly. Yeah, but when it's light, you should be doing things. You should be outside. But I'm not very good at doing things, you know, like gardening, housey stuff. Yeah. So I've got an urge, uh-huh. but I can't follow through. I mean, I've got two plants sitting outside my house. I thought... I know I should be doing something with you, but I just don't know what I should be doing with you. Where what? did you learn that stuff? Gardening. Uh-huh. I mean, we always had a garden at home and there was a wee bit of, uh, there was a vegetable patch. And so my mum was very good at uh, growing flowers and growing veg. So I maybe just kind of took it on from there. And see, my mum and dad never did that stuff. So I never learned how to do it. And I want to do it, but I just don't know. But do you want to do it, Kate? Or are you just saying that? Well, I don't know. So I'm saying I've got, you know, the spring has sprung, the grass has risen. I wonder where the boydies is. I'm having that feeling. But, you know, it's really weird because we were standing in the kitchen the other night. We do it a lot, Ian and I. I said to him, do you know what, Ian? You and I are these. These? Because what these. Do you mean by that? Because I said, you're not a very good man and I'm not a very good woman. I don't mean good in that sense, but it's not manly. He was trying to change a light bulb. And I mean, it was pathetic to see, to be honest. It's sexist. Well, it was, but then I'm a terrible cook. Um, I'm a terrible housewife. I'm not, he's a better nurse than I am. I'm not a good nurse. So you're talking about traditional roles. Traditional kind of roles. Well, he said to me, for God's sake, well, what, what is a man? I know, exactly. I'm very surprised that you're saying that. <laughs> he's just not a traditional man uh-huh. and I'm not a traditional woman. But I think that's why it works. Because Do you want him to be a traditional man? Occasionally I have over the years, but do you know what? I think a relationship settled down when I thought, do you know what? This is what he is. Mm. I don't know why I'm suddenly getting into this. This was supposed to be about gardening. I, I don't know why this conversation mm-hmm. on this. During COVID, mm-hmm. Ian was as solid as a rock. Absolutely as solid as the rock. Mm-hmm. He held us all together, me right. and the girls. Maybe before, because he's not as ambitious as I am and all the rest of it. I didn't give him enough credit right. for being as solid as he is. Right. Now, he's not the kind of man who'll go and put petrol in your car, darling, and no. I'll make sure that it's washed and all that stuff. Yeah. And he's not the man who'll say, I've fixed up the insurance, darling, because he has no idea if this house is insured or not. Uh-huh. I do all of that. Yeah. And so sometimes over the years I've presented that. Yes, I can relate but to that. during the COVID thing, I thought, you're solid, you're kind, you're decent, and actually you're much more emotionally stable than I am. Yeah. 
And that, and that actually counts for more than doing the insurance, which I can do quite easily. Thank so you, you actually, much. there's a renewed respect. Yeah, yeah, it was, but I, it's just it wasn't there before. Neither of us conformed to con- traditional male or female roles. No, same do in you, our do you, family. Stephen, oh God, no. no, I do everything. Oh, do you? I think I do everything. And do you resent him for that? Slightly. Do you? Yeah. Like I what? To put the fucking bins out. I mean, I know that that's a sort of basic Ian thing. Ian does put but, the bins out, bless her. Right. Well, Stephen wouldn't even know. In fact, I had to say to him last night as I was doing something else, put the bin along, but I didn't check the bin in the kitchen. So could you take a look? What bin is it? It's like, there's a thing up on the door that says what colour it is. You know, that goes in the green bin because it's a generally... What it, does he give you? I mean, I enjoy his company. I enjoy walking and he's a lovely guy. But you know what? In fact, actually, we need to make a list. Well, I think that's the last thing. That'll be end of your relationship once you start making a list. Do you, think, so? yeah. Yeah, do you yeah. think he's going to feel? But threat. I do the DIY. He does bit the cooking. What do you mm. want from him? I want him to be more aware. I think of what I do around the house and for him to contribute. I think I gave him a bit of leeway when he was still working. Thought right, okay, he's working. When he comes home, he loves his music, loves the Spanish. He can crack on with that. But actually, now that he's stopped working, he needs. To, and this is only the first week of it or the second week of it. All a right. list is going to happen. Okay. This is going to be, an, well, not specifically into this, but it's going to be interesting chat today for our guest. It doesn't happen very often. We've actually got a guest that you know. I know this. I yes. know. I mean, I'm very excited. Usually you don't know who anybody is, I but know. it's Kelly King who plays Nancy at Coronation Street. I know. The only other person that you've known is Sue, Sue Cleaver. Um, no, after all these wonderful guests that I've brought you. Sleep from Coronation Street now. All oh, right. Okay. All right. Yes. So there you go. But interestingly, obviously, her character in Corey um, played a woman who was controlled by her partner. I'm not suggesting you're controlling but I'm just saying the whole relationship I, I, thing. I, I think she's really interesting. I am the a bit controlling. Thing. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I take that. Well, you're the controlling one. Yeah. I have to say, I'm always saying to Stephen to go on a diet. I think I am controlling. Does that not make me controlling? Uh, I pretend it's for his health and it is for his health, but it's also because he's getting a gut on him. <gasps> God, you'd be very honest today. Oh, he doesn't listen. Mind you, the people in his office do so they plate back then I've had it. (laughs) Unless you'll do me the favour of editing this out. No, sorry. Um, You can also get some (laughs) acting tips uh, from Shelley, of course. Any news from the Gifnook players? Oh, God. Well, this is the first rehearsal tonight without notes. I've got over 50 lines. 50? Well, yeah, because I'm part of the chorus. And of course, the chorus, you're kind of like, you, it starts with the chorus and you're... This is yeah, Great Gatsby, yes? This is Great Gatsby. I did the lines with Stephen over the weekend when we and he kept, he was coming in too soon to correct me. I feel sorry for words. that, man. I know, so do I. I'm going to start a free Stephen campaign. <laughs> I thought you'd already started that a while back. <laughs> I forgot. It's my age, I'm going to come back to it. So yeah, tonight's the, the big night and no books allowed. And have you got your lines? Not of Pat, of oh. anyone. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. It's kind of like, and as soon as I started, what's your to, character? Well, as part of the chorus, and then there's somebody called Miss Baidecker, who's a drunk. Baidecker. She's Baidecker. A drunk. You're playing yeah. a drunk. <laughs> this is beautiful. She's only I'm coming to see this. You are not. I'm not telling like anyone <laughs> when it's on. You want the key? Don't be horrible. I'll cheer you on. No, you will not. You'll be I just will. like horrible. I actually, I have been a bit sneaky because um, the great Gatsby, Miss Baidecker, the drunk. I did have a little look. Uh, online, you know, for for the part there, and and I actually have pulled it out. This is from the play. Oh, in the foreground, four solemn men in dress suits are walking along the sidewalk with a stretcher. 
on which lies a drunken woman in a white evening dress. Good, that'll be me. Is that you? Her hand, which dangles over the side, sparkles cold with jewels. <laughs> Gravely, the men turn in at a house, the wrong house, but no one knows the woman's name and no one cares. No, God. <laughs> that is the same my lines. I've got two lines. Have you? Jolly anyway, good. Don't. I don't think your new friends like with you. Stick with me at the yeah, Edinburgh Festival. You'll be all right. Right. Sure. Time for a couple of emails and then we're going to speak to Shelley. Yeah. So it's from Claudia Summers. What a nice name. Anne Summers, friend of Anne. Anyway, right. Claudia Summers. Mm-hmm. Hi, ladies. I'm 43. And wow, you have Young. made me love and enjoy being in my 40s. Us older ladies, she's including us in oh her gang. God. This is Old amazing. At 43. Claudia, we're loving you. Have life lessons, experiences and definitely a confidence we didn't have before. My confidence has grown so much over the years and still is growing. We definitely have so much to offer the older we get. And I choose to embrace that. I'm loving it. Wow. She says, I'm absolutely embracing my zero fucks by the year. <laughs> and I love that. You guys have seriously given me an enhanced positive attitude to getting older and the joys we can have and the tales we can tell. Um, I think she must be oh, talking it's... about the Jenny Clare oh, episode right. yes, 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 when yes. she said that women have a finite number of fucks yes. in their bank yes. and men have got an infinite <laughs> number of fucks in their bank. It's funny, actually, when we did the thing at Oren Moore, this um, woman yep. in the audience came up to me and she said, oh, I had a terrible experience with the Jenny Clare podcast. She says, I was on the train and I was listening to it. Um, and I had my earbuds in, and then somebody came up and tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Do you realise it's not coming through your oh, earbuds? No. Earbuds, it's actually coming through the speakers." So the whole carriage was listening to this woman. Oh God! On that note, actually, oh, we are causing havoc across the globe. Alison is just back from a week in the sun with her hubby, and says, "I had to tell you about a very embarrassing moment with the book." Oh, the book. It's her, don't hold my head down, your sexual empowerment manual. Uh, so she was on the last day of the holiday waiting for the pickup to the airport, bought new wireless earbuds, beware, uh, trying to connect to the iPad to use on the flight. My husband had them on, suddenly he had a strange look on his face. What have you been listening to? Oh, God. Uh-huh, indeed. God, what a shame. I realised it was the book on Audible, quickly disconnected the Bluetooth. Then it started coming out of what I thought was the iPad. I'm fumbling and I'm trying to... Anyway, so they're sitting in the reception of the hotel and the sound of this book. Oh, God. Going to sex festivals, masturbation, oh, God knows what. God. Blasting out. God, you can feel that, can don't you? That's the kind blame, of thing that happens. We yeah, love God. these emails. Keep them coming. How are you doing life at 60? Uh, or indeed beyond the beyond. big thing. So mm-hmm. podcast at htb60.com. Yeah. We'll speak to Shelley after this. Shelley King, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I've been very, very well entertained for the last... Well, that, that is good. It's funny because you're obviously sitting in a screen in front of us, and apologies, because Karen has just handed me a, a packet of her very famous tablet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar. This is a very Scottish mm-hmm. tablet. Do you know what, what tablet is? I'm from a Scots family. Do you know the English? You're no, are you? Well, yeah. accent. <laughs> My best friend's from Scotland as well. Carol, we used to be in the Angels together, if you... Either of you remember the angels? Do you remember angels? I do. I do. But listen, listen, Shelley. I know you're an actor, but that is a seriously good uh, oh, Scottish accent. Where is it from? It's a good accent. It is very good. I'm trying to think where it could be from. Not many people can do that. Oh, well, no, I've got a quick ear. You know, it just happens to me. You should hear them watch it. You know, suddenly people think I'm trying to be rude to them. I'm not. I'm not. Oops, right. That's, That's the amazing. Best Scottish accent from an own Scot that I've ever heard. <laughs> but. 
Well, I could see Love you it. sitting there as we were chatting. What were you desperate to get in on? Just about, you know, um, who, uh, about relationships and, and the roles that we play. And I don't know what Trilby and I play. Now, I do all the finances and she has a big block about it. So, you know, I, I suppose, I don't know. But then she's a fantastic cook. I can't cook to save my bloody life. So did you two just fall into, I'm in a heterosexual relationship and so is Karen. Um, you, you're in a lesbian relationship. Yes. And because... So men and women are gendered, aren't they? Social conditioned, you know, over centuries, etc. How do you fall into roles? I don't think we do. That's my point. You see, I just think two people are, you know, they've come, we've come together, and and we don't like you, like yourselves. I think we don't have particular roles. It's it's just things that we've been. I mean, I'm an only child. Maybe maybe my mother. I I, I my mother never worked. My mother stopped working when when she met my father. So he was in control of everything, and I was the only child. So maybe he he gave me more attention than most girl children do in 1955 when I was born. You know what I mean? I don't know. But uh, and I love driving. I love motor cars. You see? Yeah, I oh, do yes. too. I do yeah. too. Yes. There you are. You see? I like a nice car as well. Yes. Are you a car person? Oh God, I love a nice car. Oh, really? car. I don't know that. Yeah. Oh God, I wouldn't be seen dead in a nasty car. So what do you drive? Ah, now I could bore you for hours about that. I, I like classic cars. So I had a Pagoda, a Mercedes Pagoda, which I sold because after 14 years and it made me cry. And my auntie, mm-hmm. my auntie Vi, who had a voice like this, she really, really did. She used to say, Kelly, <laughs> you are bloody cars. That woman, that woman thinks she's having an affair with this bloody car. That's all you are, that polishing it, taking care of it. Why don't you take care of her? Disgusting. Disgusting, but then she was uh, my auntie Vi. That's right. I, but I grew up with cars. On my Twitter thing is me and my dad Studebaker with a little hat on driving a car. So where did you grow up then? Where, where did Shelley come from? I was born in Calcutta or Kolkata, it is as it's now called in in India, and I left when I was about uh, just before my tenth birthday. So I've been here for most most of my life, most of my adult life, all of my adult life. Um, but I've always loved. I've always, I've always, you know, I've always been a performer of sorts. My dad, my dad used to, my dad was quite a famous photographer there and then here. And he used to go to lots of drama schools and things in India or ballet schools and take photographs. And, but, but I used to always, I always loved to sing and dance, apparently, mm. quite to the embarrassment of my parents. And I was quite precocious. Uh, and were you equally close to both of them or closer to your dad? Or? I guess I was closer to my dad. My mother was a very, very, she was a loner. I mean, she she was probably autistic. My mother. She she was once she when when she was a kid, nobody could find her, and she had created her own world behind this a huge a huge wardrobe in the in the, the house that they lived in, and um, so she had great difficulty, I think, in in sharing herself in a way, if I can say that. Uh, and I think it must have been hugely difficult for my dad as well. Because then he had one child and they had me after 16 years. So I think it was quite difficult for them to to get used to having a kid in the house or the, the demands of the child. So um, I my grandparents were very, very close to me. And my ayah, my, 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 I, in India, everybody has servants, even now, you know. The, but my ayah was my constant companion. I, I was also not not a very... I I I read books a lot when I was a child. I didn't I didn't go out and and do things. 
in fact, today I've just begun, I don't know whether, yeah, I'm going to say it. I think growing older has made me realize how I'm becoming more like my mother in that she used to get very anxious. But I've been noticing that my that my anxieties have been more like my mother's. I've always had a temper and, and noticed various, various things about myself. And so I had uh, decided that I'd have a try and get an, uh, a diagnosis for autism as well, because I think it would have helped my mother a great deal. And she died a, a month before her 81st birthday. And she had a stroke because my father used to choke a lot because he had a bad tonsillectomy as a, as a child in India. And when he choked, she would panic. She would scream and panic. She wouldn't she'd become totally useless. And I used to, I learned to give him Heimlich and things like that as a kid. So she died. He, he choked. I wasn't there. I was rehearsing for something at the time. And uh, he, she just blew a gasket and collapsed in his arm. And she never, she never recovered from that. And that was the extreme. And although doctor, doctors, to make him feel better, told me, and I will make, maybe this is true or not, that, that, that it might have happened at any time. She was so scared of losing my dad, who had a heart condition, and so scared when that happened that I think that she, she almost willed herself to die because of her fear. Now, I'm not her age. No, I'm, 60, I'm 67, soon to be 68, well, in the next five months. And I, I noticed myself being becoming quite unreasonable about things, and, and I didn't like crowds and didn't want to go out, and I, I'm very pedantic, and, and I like to plan things, and... I just wanted a diagnosis. So today, when I came out of that meeting, I had just been for the first part of my diagnosis. And I even found that first part quite helpful. So this morning has been quite a, quite a big deal for me. And, and, and yes, and, and, and part of being 60, part of 67 as I am now, you know, and I'm noticing more things like my, about me, like my mother, and I don't want them to overwhelm me in the way that she let them overwhelm her the older she got. And, 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 you know, Trulby's been very helpful because her, her brother's autistic and has been. I mean, he's her, her uh, older brother. So she and her mother and her younger brother and her father, who's now sadly also part, has passed away, but, but they spent a lot of time, particularly her mother and Trulby, dealing with Alex from childhood. You know? So she's been very helpful in helping me recognize some of the symptoms, perhaps, and making me a calmer, individual and and perhaps helping me to understand why I don't I I I am I I'm I'm so sort of particular maybe I like finances because I like things to be not in boxes but I like to plan you, you know even in in terms of being an actor I think being an actor helped me a great deal because of the way particularly in theater which which encompasses the majority of my career because I knew there was a beginning a middle and the end and I had very, in, you know, whether it's Chekhov, Shakespeare, what, whatever, Euripides, there is a framework. Your interpretation of it might not be the same, but there is a framework that you can follow. You can become somebody else who knows what they're doing for all of the time because you, you know how it's going to end and how it begins in the middle. Mm. To me. Yeah. So I, acting has, has saved my life. And Coronation Street has been very difficult because that's difficult in itself. The challenge of a soap is to be open and accept things as they come. But I, I have constructed for myself a, a very precise history. And I've been, been allowed to do that for, by the present producer and his understanding. So that's been really helpful. I can understand how, you know, this, this is a very kind of live issue for you. And, and as you were talking, I'm kind of thinking to it, and I don't mean this to sound like a, a, an arsehole here, but 
I think I understand myself. You know, I'm not saying I'm that pleased with myself, <laughs> you know, but all my failings and all the rest of it. I think I kind of get myself. Are you kind of saying that you're n- that you're in the process of understanding yourself? Yes, and I th- and I have been. I, Truby's been. I've been with Truby for 25 years. My, that in that time, I have learned a lot more about myself because she has helped me through her own experience to become more tolerant and to like myself more. Okay, and to so to say, all right, I'm understanding more and more every day, and so therefore I shouldn't be scared. I shouldn't berate myself about my about the the feelings and the way that I react to certain things, and to know why your your mind does certain things, why I I can't take loud noises, why I get itchy, I can't wear wool against my skin. Do you know what I mean? Things mm-hmm. things that might see so why I get lost. And thank the Lord for sat-navs now, because I used to get lost all the time, you know, and, and in the old days touring, and I'd have this bloody big map. God knows why I haven't died, you know, trying to, trying to, look, trying to find where I am. Do you know what I mean? So that simple things that people take for granted have, have not been easy, have not been easy for me while I was growing. I was quite, I was quite um, uh, as I say, I, I read every book in the Oxford Library, Children's Library in Calcutta, because, I, because that's what I did, and I enjoyed it, because... I could understand them, but myself, I, I found quite quite difficult to 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 cope with. Do you think I, that's what drew you to acting? Yes, it's definitely. I'm. I, I think so. I always wanted to. Um, yeah, I always wanted. I, I always wanted to. No, I don't know whether I wanted to perform, but I. Yes, because if I sing, it makes me feel better. But you know, most actors are. are are damaged in some way. Why the hell do you think you do enter into this bloody profession that you know has a ninety nine point nine unemployment rate? You what is it you want? You want love, but actually it's the worst profession in the world for love. It's 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 it, it, it isn't. It's a commercial thing. Your your money. Your 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 collateral to people. You know they don't love you. They didn't love Judy Garland. They didn't love James Dean. They didn't. They didn't. They don't. They're not loved. But they go to acting to fill a big hole in themselves that they can't, or become somebody else because they don't understand themselves. Mm-hmm. God, you, you know what? What really strikes me, Shirley, is you, I mean, you've spoken very honestly about struggling to understand yourself yeah. over years, but at the same time, you have a phenomenal self awareness. I think. During my relationship with Trulby, I have become more aware of myself than I ever have been previously. And I'm able, therefore, to describe it in the best way I can at the moment to you guys. And so I had to confront why certain things happen. And, of course, Trulby and I have talked about why why certain things happen in, in our lives and uh, She's a wonderful director. Maybe that's why she can she can help me because she's emotionally she can see things so clearly about plays and you know I I don't know um, but but I I I have begun to understand more about myself before I would I would just I would just fight. Do you understand? I got, I'm kind of trying to find the words, but yeah, I don't blame other people. I used to blame other people all the time about yeah what what, what was happening. There's always some, something about oneself that causes other people to behave in the way they do. Not saying they're blameless, but I'm. I'm not saying mm. I, neither am I. And any. Mm. I mean, gosh, as we get older, though, I think. I mean, how many people do take responsibility for themselves, their mm-hmm. behaviour, and are willing to look into themselves and see 
well, how could I have done that differently? How could I have done that, you know, in, in a better way? Maybe as we get older, a lot of us just feel the rest of the world is wrong and we're right and we get kind of stuck in that place. Um, I mean, I'm thinking about your character in Coronation Street and it's interesting, you've obviously spent a lot of your life thinking about relationships and your relationships with other people. And, you know, that character, it is about you know, a control relationship with, with the husband. I mean, you were doing that professionally. You've got all this going on in the back of your head. My mm. God, <laughs> I mean, that's a mind fuck. Yeah, it, it, it is. A, it, it's not it's quite a big part of my life. Of course, it's my 10th year. So um, and yeah. during, I've made I've, I made huge strides. And in a way, because it's a because it's a regular job, it has given me more time to think. Do you know what I mean? I'm not thinking about how can I get the next job? Where when am I going? How you do? Do I like this? Do I like the script? Do I like? This agent, am I am I with the right person? What am I doing? It's given us both actually uh, a, a security, and so that we've been able to concentrate. True, we've been able to do more things that she loves doing, and I've been I've been in this, and so and for the most part, I love it. Mm. And if I don't, then that's something you know. I I get impatient with script writers or the script editors, and I have to learn to say no. They're doing their best, and if I'm patient, I will allow. And I've seen because it's a long time, that actually they do know stuff. Mm. And I must let them make developments on their own and not assume that they don't know something as well as I do. Mm. So it's been, a, it's been a learning curve, as your old Corey. Yeah, I'll bet. It me very depressed, though, when I was first, because when we came to England, that na-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> so, it's a bit dirty, it. isn't it? I love it. I was brought up in that. <laughs> and my children are brought up in that theme tune as well. You know what I mean? And, and then now I quite like it, but there was a time, boy, that that just used to Dear. listen to it and think, oh, how oh, funny. D- dark feeling. <laughs> oh, That's like a, it's like our podcast I know, theme tune, isn't it? It's a bit dirty, but we, we kind of <laughs> love it now. <laughs> yeah, we, we, but I mean, you, you, you know, early on in your career, you got that, that great role in Angels. And then you, I mean, you've you worked and worked and worked and worked, but you kind of dipped out of television for a considerable period no, of time. That's about, that's about being brown, actually, because when I when I started off, when I did want to go to drama school, I, I chose the RADA because the RADA was what I knew um, and went through three and a half months of uh, the audition process there. And then when I met the then principal, he said, he was a nice man. I met, I've met him since that time, but at that time he said that he w- wasn't going to champion me through it. I'm not one. He said I can't because I don't think you'll get enough work. This is a very very difficult uh, profession, and you should go. You perhaps you should consider going back to India, which actually was oh my quite good. But he meant well, and this was in the early seventies. He meant well, and and I then I got angels because Julia Smith, who then went on, as you probably know, to do EastEnders. And she needed to find a mixed race. And that's what it was called then, a mixed race actress to play Jay Harper, this brown orphan who didn't know whether she was, who didn't know who she was. And so I got an equity card at a time when it was so difficult to get an equity card. But how, how did it feel to be told you probably won't work because of your skin color? Oh, awful. And that's a, that's a, never mind a chip. I've been a whole bloody potato field on my, on my, on my shoulders for ages, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've I fought against it. And as long as they can hold, tell a story well, that's all you need to do. You know, you can have an Othello who's any color or a Hamlet who's any color, and that should be that should be the norm. So, how do you feel at sixty-seven? I don't mean physically. I mean as to where you are. 
I, I feel more comfortable. I'm beginning to feel more comfortable in myself. Gradually, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not overnight, but I'm, I have moments of great calm, which I, which I grab onto and I like. And I think, and I think today has been one of them. Um, really has been one of them for me and and talking to them and then talking to you ladies i've been i, I i'm i hope i haven't bored you because not because at all that this whole this whole morning has been what i've just described to you and so i can't i was going to tell jokes and shit but i can't anyway i mean no well we'll get your um your diagnosis mean to you i hope do you know the thing is that well i'd say Tr- trilby's helped me and i'm but I, i'm hoping that my chats with them and i will have further chats with them I think they said in about three weeks. I don't know. I don't know what a diagnosis is. So I because it's such an um, um, uh, amorphous thing because there's no one thing that is. If you a look black at white, yeah. I, I'm hoping that the, my conversations with those people will will maybe give me some more. Um, uh, what do they call them? Learning mechanisms, or or, or you know, like I don't know. But mm. I, do you know what, though? I think that it's been a great outpouring. It's making me feel better and better as the days go by and, and, the, and less scared of my life and when I'm not doing things right, not doing things, not treating people right. I'm not all sorts of things, ladies. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I think it's making me feel better. And I don't think 67 is too old. You're never too, it's never too late. Um, how important has your relationship with Trilby been? Because it sounds, just from your conversation, in, immensely significant. Hugely. Was it love at first sight? No, I couldn't stand that. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's almost a good start. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was very difficult. She'd never had an, a relationship with a woman before. So it wasn't easy. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, because she wasn't sure of her sexuality? Because she was. No, she, never, she, she would still say that she's an heterosexual woman who happens to have fallen in love with me. God. Really? Yes. Uh, but she is a wonderful director. Her insight, I think it's her human, her insight into human nature that's the most wonderful thing about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how she's put up with me for 25 years. The girl is a bloody martyr, I tell you. That's <laughs> a long time, isn't yeah. it? Well, Wait, have you always regarded yourself as gay? Yeah. I've, 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 I, had, I had boyfriends and, uh, you know, because I, I didn't know how, I didn't know what to do with myself, quite frankly. I didn't know how to define myself. I didn't know whether I was Arthur or Martha or who I was or how to go about it. But, For how um, long? Even when I was doing Angels, I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to cope with it. I had boyfriends. I, I had lots of friends who were male who I, I um, had a relationship with, a sexual relationship. And lots of men wanted to be with me because I think I, I unlike most women, didn't want to be with them. Can I can I can I qualify that? I was just talking about that because I used to be the one who left at three o'clock in the morning. Mm. You know, or I'd say no, I'm not sorry. And I, you know, I think you no, please go now. I've had enough. You know, or whatever. And so that sort of. And I, did you know why you were saying that? I I always used to. I knew it when I was a little girl at school, right? And they were watching the High Chaparral, and they all had blue, and I wanted Victoria. I wanted to pick all Victoria. I thought there's something wrong here. <laughs> Do you know, uh, listening to you, um, you're so you're so well read. You're so cerebral, and and I'm not in any way knocking Coronation Street, but there are many people who do knock soap operas and and think that they are some lowbrow form of of art. 
What do you get out of being a character in Coronation Street? What I love about Corrie is its theatricality. In its essence and at its best, Corrie is enormously theatrical. You know, they're, they're larger-than-life characters and they're funny characters. I mean, what I'm saying is there's wonderful comedians and there's wonderful theatricality about them. And programs have to change with times, don't they? So you've got to give people a little bit of everything they want. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you I used to love on, on Coronation Street is Blanche. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, those no, those ladies were fantastic. All of those ladies of that ilk at that time. In fact, one of the writers gave me a copy of it, of Violet Carson, looking over the old Coronation Street like oh this. Oh, my God. Oh. And I've got to put it somewhere. And, and the, so I love being there in that atmosphere with all the pictures of all those extraordinary people. We, all our names are written in water, as it were. So mm. I don't know how long I'm going to be there. But at the moment, I'm really enjoying giving Yasmin a voice and I'm hoping a, an interesting voice for another few years. But we'll see. But if it stops, I'm an actor and no, nothing is forever as far as I'm concerned, except me and Trulli, of course. Mm. Right, let's play our bingo. Right, Big right. six or bingo. Right, give us give us a uh, um, a number between one and sixty. Oh, Oh, last decent kiss. When was your last decent uh, kiss? Uh, uh, well, it depends what you call a decent kiss. A good oh, snog. Oh, bloody hell, snog. Okay, maybe just a sexy <laughs> kiss. A lovely no, kiss fine. this morning that's when I was good. leaving. Right. She said, "Good luck." Another number. Um, twenty-two. Oh, 60 role model. The first name that popped into my head is Hillary Clinton. Um. A controversial choice, I know. But having watched the biography about her about a year ago, I think she is an extraordinary woman about the things, she, she, the things she's put up with with her husband, um, the, the nature, the political nature of, her, of, of, of the country in which she finds herself, which is dangerous and, and it, it, it's a quagmire of, of abuse, really, that's possible. I think she's an extraordinary woman. Okay. You should put in a bid for Hillary. Hillary? Yeah. Put in a bid for her. Yeah. Throw it in. <laughs> Shelley, listen, thank you so okay, much. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. You know, we wouldn't have blamed Shelley if she'd cancelled on us, given that it was such a momentous day for her, but she didn't, and we really appreciate it. Just a word about something we have got coming up very soon on the How To Be 60 podcast. Menopause specialist Dr. Louise Newson, who is the founder of the Balance app, I'm sure many of you will be very familiar with Louise, is going to be here to take your questions. So get them in quick. Email podcast at htb60.com or if you go to our website, htb60.com, you can leave a voice note. It's very easy to do and Karen and I will be super impressed. Any questions at all relating to menopause and indeed postmenopause. Quick as you can, folks, quick as you can.